Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We're in our sixth week on a series called Intentional. And the idea behind this series is that so many times we get caught up in just doing things, and we're not very intentional about what we are doing. And as Christians, as believers, as followers of Christ, we need to be intentional about our actions. We need to be intentional about our thoughts. We need to be intentional that we are following after Christ. Amen? Um, Let me ask you this question. How many of you out there enjoy exercising? Hey, we've got a few hands. Come on. How many despise exercising? Come on, be honest. Okay. Exercising is one of those things that is a habit that some of us enjoy. I'm one that exercises. I don't necessarily enjoy it. I just know that it's good for me. So I know that if I exercise, I'm, I'm building muscle, I'm building cardio, and it's good for me so I can live a healthier life, even though sometimes I don't enjoy it. But today we're going to talk about being intentional about the habits that we create in our life. I know a couple weeks ago, Sharice, uh, one of our missionaries, spoke on this, but I just kind of wanted to piggyback on that subject of habits. How do we be more intentional about the habits in our life? In fact, why are good habits important? Because they are the structure. I want you to catch this thought. They are the structure towards building a healthy life. Bad habits are like a cancer that will undermine a healthy life. The bad habits, if you've had bad habits in your life, you know what I'm talking about. They will undermine the good things in your life. Good habits actually support those things. It's, here's an interesting quote by Aristotle. I'll share it with you. It says, excellence, then being of these two kinds, intellectual and moral. Intellectual excellence owes its birth and growth mainly to instruction and so requires time and experience. While moral excellence is the result of habit or custom. When it comes to moral excellence, we are what we repeatedly do. Or let me say it, state it another way, we can measure our principles by our habits. For example, if we say we're a forgiving person, but our habit is to hold grudges against people, then probably most people would not see you as a forgiving person. If we believe that we are a benevolent person, but we never give, guess what? Our habits say something different from what we believe. If we believe we are a moral person, but we, our life is filled with immorality, then once again, our habits conflict with our beliefs. I believe that this is the difficulty that many people struggle with in their life, is that they have in their core of their hearts, they have this belief system, but sometimes their habits don't align up with their belief systems. So what happens, it puts us into conflict where we struggle because we know what is right, but then we're constantly struggling with doing what is right because our habits are built in such a way we accepted them that go against what God wants us to do in our life. Habits. As you know the saying, actions speak louder than words. Our actions, our habits are important. I'm always amazed when parents are surprised by the actions of their children. 
I'm always thinking like, don't you realize that they see what you're doing and they're just imitating the habits that you're performing? I mean, that's what children do. They, they, I remember my daughter, Brittany, when Annette was in real estate, it was so cute. She, she had this habit where Annette was always on the phone talking about to different realtors or different clients. And you would find Brittany, like four or five years old, on the phone acting like she was a realtor. It was really cute because she was following what her mom, what she was seeing in her mom. Our actions speak louder than words. One of the great examples of this is found in a movie. And I'm just going to go ahead and lead you towards Christmas, okay? Do you know Christmas is just around the corner? Yeah, some of you, yeah, there you go. You're excited. Some of you are already watching the Hallmark movies already. You're ready to go. <laughs> Christmas is just around the corner. One of my favorite movies of all times is A Christmas Story. How many of you have ever seen A Christmas Story? It is one of the most dysfunctional movies of all time, but I love it. It's all about a mom and a dad raising their two boys. And, and on one of the situations or one of the parts of the film, if you remember this, you can probably go along with me. They're driving down the road, and the father always has these bad tires because he buys used tires that are, that are already about ready to fail. And he has a flat tire. And all of a sudden, they have to pull off on the side of the road, and it's snowing outside. I think it's like Chicago or somewhere. And all of a sudden, the dad thinks like he's in the pit crew for NASCAR, okay? So he has this thought that he's going to get out, and he's going to change his tire really quick. And he times himself, and he gets out, and he, he gets the tire ready to go. He pulls off the hubcap. And mom says to Ralphie, who's this little boy that's probably seven, eight years old, says, why don't you go outside and help your dad? So Ralphie gets out of the car, first time ever to help his dad change a tire. He gets out there and he starts to hold the hubcaps. You guys remember the scene? And he's holding the hubcap and the dad is putting the wheel nuts into the hubcap. And Ralphie's doing a really good job and something happens where all of a sudden he spills the hubcap and all the wheel nuts go out into the snow. And his dad is looking at him with his angry face. And all of a sudden Ralphie says the F word. Oh, fudge. Is what the movie says, but it wasn't fudge. What does the movie say? It says it's the mother of all curse words. Ralphie said it. They get back in the car and the dad tells the mom what Ralphie said and she's all freaked out. She can't believe what she's heard and they get home and Ralphie gets a bar of soap. Anybody have the bar of soap put in their mouth before I did when I was a kid? All of a sudden a bar of soap goes in his mouth. They're washing that mouth clean. I don't know why we do that to kids. Shame on us. So Ralphie gets his mouth washed out, and then mom starts to interrogate Ralphie. Ralphie, where did you hear that word? Ralphie's all of a sudden in conflict. He's in, he's in trouble. If he tells the truth, he's going to rat out his own dad. So all of a sudden he just says, I heard it from somebody you know, at school, and he tells the name of the student at school, and this is one of my favorite scenes. The mom calls the other mom. And start saying, did you know what your son told my son? And this is the word. And all of a sudden, all you, all you do is hear the phone. And you hear this mom beating on her kid. And he doesn't even know why he's being beaten on. <laughs> Love that scene. I, I know I'm dysfunctional myself. <laughs> so crazy. But I tell that whole story because the truth that's found in there is that Ralphie is only repeating a habit that his dad had. His dad 
loved to cuss. He loved to swear. And so when the furnace broke down in the basement, man, he would have every swear word, you know, in the dictionary. And Ralphie was just hearing these words. So sooner or later what happens, he picks up on the habit of his dad and he says those words out loud. Good habits will help you live a healthy life. Bad habits actually lead us towards a more difficult life. It's funny. It's a funny story, but it reminds us that habits are important not only for us, but for those around us. It's interesting that your success in life many times can be directly correlated or linked to the habits that you keep. Did you know that? The habits that you keep are very, very important. In the book of Power of Habits, it states, making your bed every morning is correlated to better productivity, a greater sense of well-being, and stronger uh, ability to stick to a budget just because you make your bed in the morning. Because what happens is the first thing you do in the morning when you make your bed, all of a sudden you start doing something that is good, it's a healthy habit, and it follows through the rest of your day. That's the idea. It says in that book that those who make their bed are 2,000 times more likely to be millionaires in the future. Teenagers, young adults, I'm giving you, start making your bed. Parents, you can thank me later, okay? Some of you parents are going, I'm going to go home and make my bed today too. It's vital that we become more intentional about our habits. Today I want to share with you four healthy habits that we can find in Scripture that will help direct the course of your life. Uh, the first habit is this, the habit of controlling your thoughts. I think all of us have experienced, you know, the struggle of controlling our thoughts. It's easy to let your thoughts just run wild, but the Bible says that we don't have to allow our thoughts to be out of control. It's a reminder and it's an important truth to build a habit to think rightly, to think in, in a righteous way. We don't have to let our thoughts go crazy. We have the power over our thoughts, and the Spirit of God who lives in us helps us with that. Amen? Amen. Paul writes these words in Philippians chapter 4. He says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I've heard people say, man, why does the church always just have a positive? Because the Bible tells us to be positive. Keep putting into practice, sounds like a habit. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. It's interesting, when we have good habits, all of a sudden in our life, we will find greater peace in our life. Paul is telling us to think about what is good. We don't have to think on the negative. We don't have to focus on, on discouraging thoughts. We don't have to worry. Do you know about less than 10% of what you worry about will ever come to fruition? And most of the stuff that comes to fruition, you don't even have control over. So why worry? That's what Jesus tells us. Why worry? Because our Heavenly Father knows everything that we need. But thinking about what is good, building a habit of what is good, doesn't just happen by accident. It requires that you become intentional about what you're doing. If it, if it means that you have to put a reminder on your phone, like every three or four hours, just to all of a sudden an alarm goes off, and it says, think good thoughts, start doing it. 
If you need it in the morning, the first thing that you do when you wake up, look at your phone and it says, think good thoughts, start doing it. Start building habit in your life where all of a sudden, start, instead of thinking negative things or negative about people, I'm going to pause here just for a fact, okay? <laughs> negative about people, what would happen if we started putting things in there where all of a sudden we're thinking positive ideas about people? All of a sudden, we started thinking positive things instead of the negative things. In verse 9, Paul tells the Philippians believers, we read it, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. That Greek word, proso, which indicates ongoing practice, developing a routine or a habit in your life. Paul is helping the Philippian believers to develop good habits. He wants them to get into the practice of thinking good things, thinking good things, and doing good things. It's a great habit for us to be in. So many times, and I want to share this, I want you to catch this thought. So many times, it's our thoughts that stop us from doing what God wants us to do. So many times, it's our thoughts that will lead us away from what God wants us to do. We don't many times believe the verse that comes later on in this passage of Scripture in verse 13, where Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Our thoughts many times will undermine, undermine what God is speaking. And so I've learned those negative thoughts that come into my life, where all of a sudden I start having doubts, and doubts is one of the big ones in your life. I'm not going to be able to accomplish this. I'm not going to get this job. I'm not going to be able to pass this test. You fill in the blank. I'm pregnant, but I don't know if I'm going to go hold, hold the baby. And you have these, start having all these doubts that you start taking these. This is what Paul says. Start taking those thoughts, those doubts captive. Those aren't of God. I'm going to start praising God. Thank you for giving me the ability to be able to take a test. Thank you, for, Lord, for opening up the door so I could just put my application into this place. See, we can switch things around. We can build a habit to think in a positive way instead of a negative way. The enemy wants to declare war on our minds. I see it in our society today, and we must put a guard around our mind. Paul states these words, we are to put on the helmet of salvation. It means that we are to declare that we are under Jesus Christ and he is our salvation and my salvation is secured for all of eternity because my faith is in Jesus Christ. What more do I need? See, that is a hope that cannot be taken away. The hope in this world many times can be robbed from us. The hope that we have in Christ can never leave us. Amen? Some of us need to wake up each day and remind ourselves that we are a child of the Almighty God. Have you thought about that? You are a child of the Almighty God. Why don't you declare that in the morning? Just say, I am a child of the Almighty God. Whatever happens today, God is going to be for your glory. I'm going to build a habit in my life to praise you and to thank you for all that takes place in my life today. Paul writes in Ephesians 4, take off your old nature. And put on your new nature. Take off the old stuff that would hold you down, the sins that you used to be uh, habitual in, the things that you used to love to do. Take off that old nature and put on a new nature that glorifies God, that helps others, that builds the kingdom of God. Put on the new nature. Renewing our minds needs, needs to become a daily habit in our life. Romans 12, 2 says, 
do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The second healthy habit that will change your life is the habit of building your character. Listen to the, and you think, how do I build character out of habit? Let me just share with you. Listen to the inspired words by uh, Peter in 2 Peter chapter 1. He writes, in view of all this, and he's referring to that God has given us everything that we need to live a godly life. And so that's what he's referring to. In view of all this, that God has given us everything we need to live a godly life, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that the journey in the scripture begins with faith, but not just faith. We're supposed to take our faith and then add on to our faith godly habits that will make us more and more like Christ. Peter writes, supplement your faith with the following qualities to bring excellence into your life. Our journey as we follow Jesus, is to do what? To become more and more like who? Jesus. It's to become more and more like Jesus. Do you know that Jesus was excellent? He was excellent. And for our lives as followers of Christ, we should strive to be excellent. It doesn't mean that we will ever arrive on this earth that where we are perfect, but there's no reason why we can't strive for perfection, why we can't strive for excellence. God has given us, and I just a reminder, God has given us his grace so that when we fail, we can ask for God's forgiveness. But his grace is not so that we can fail more. His grace is there so that we can succeed more. Our journey is to take off our old nature and put on the new nature that is found in the godly qualities that Jesus portrayed to us. It's a habit. Our faith in Jesus was never meant to be inactive. It should be life-changing. A great example of character and excellence in the Old Testament is the story of Daniel. Daniel was a young man who was entered into the royal palace with Nebuchadnezzar at a very young age. and He served multiple kings, but he never failed to honor God. And one of the habits that Daniel had built in his life is that he would pray to God three times a day. I mean, he would never, he, that was just a habit that he would do every single day. He would pray to God three times a day. And God honored Daniel for what, his devotion to him. And, and it says in Scripture that Daniel excelled in all that he did. In fact, King Darius wanted to promote Daniel as a lead administrator over all of his kingdom. And when the other administrators found out that Darius wanted to promote Daniel as the lead administrator, they became jealous of Daniel and they devised this plan. And they went to King Darius and they told King Darius, they said, you know what, we want you to do a decree because we want to honor you, King Darius. And we want to make this decree for 30 days where no one will worship or, or pray to anyone but you. King Darius. And if anyone does, guess what? The law will state that they will be thrown into a lion's den if anyone breaks this. And so Daniel hears this new law that takes place, this new decree. What is this all about? 
Do you think that it deters Daniel from what he was planning on doing? It does not. In fact, he goes, it says in Scripture, he goes home that day, and he goes, and he, and he goes up to the upper room in his house, and he prays. And the other administrators knows Daniel's habits. So they just go to this house, and they catch him praying to God. And they bring this to King Darius and say, we have caught Daniel. You're one of your administrators praying to, praying to God. You know the rule that you set up. We, he, he has to be punished. He has to be thrown in the lion's den. The thing is that Darius, King Darius, was friends with Daniel. He liked Daniel. And it greatly disturbed him that all of a sudden now he's caught into this trap that these other administrators had done. And so he has to throw Daniel into the lion's den because he broke the law that he had created. Before Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, Darius said to Daniel these words, Daniel 6, 16, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. King Darius went back to his palace and it says that he fasted that entire night. He took on no pleasure for that entire evening because he was so concerned about his friend Daniel. The next morning, when King Darius wakes up, he runs down to the lion's den to see Daniel. And guess what? A miracle taking place. The angels had shut the lion's mouth. It says in Scripture there was not a scratch on Daniel. And King Darius was so blown away. He was, he was literally praising Daniel's God. He takes those other administrators who were trying to set Daniel into this trap, and he throws them into the lion's den where they are destroyed. I share this story because it illustrates how God honors godly character. Darius sent a decree out to the entire kingdom after this took place that Daniel's God should be feared above all else because he is the living God who will reign forever and ever. I share that story because you can see how good habits in our life will reflect into other people's life. King Darius recognized that Daniel's God was the real thing. The third habit I want to share with you today is developing Christian fellowship. Fellowship with other believers is so vital to the church body. We need to build a habit of Christian fellowship. I see it disappearing in our church today. I'm really concerned. Our church, we do a great job, by the way. I feel like, we, man, we connect together and we're building a body of believers where we're a, a stronger group together than we, when we are apart individually. But developing Christian fellowship doesn't happen by accident. You have to be intentional about what you're going to do. If you've been in our church for any period of time, you've probably know Court and Janet Braden. They didn't even know I was going to point them out today. Court and Janet, wave at me real quick. Come on, somebody. There you are. They've been in the church for years, ever since I've been here. And one of the things that I see them doing that is so wonderful is they have a gift of hospitality on them. So after church on Sunday, many times they're inviting new families out to dinner. They take them out to probably their favorite place is Bravo Burgers. And they take them out to Bravo Burgers and they treat them to lunch. Why do they do that? They've built this habit in their life where they want to make sure that other people understand that they are loved by God. 
They want to make sure that they are welcome to the church, that all people are welcomed into the body of Christ. So they go out of their way. They built this habit to be hospitable to others. It's such a wonderful thing that we need to build in our life. In Hebrews, it states, Hebrews 10 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, they're just neglecting to meet together, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The Greek word there for habit is, can be also translated custom. A habit is something that you have been accustomed to. Those can be good, they can be bad. We need to evaluate our habits. Are they good habits? Are they bad habits? Are our habits intentional? Are our habits intentional in bringing more glory to God? Some habits in our life may be holding us back from all that God wants to do in and through our life. True fellowship, true Christian fellowship, will help us grow our faith and love for God and our love for others. The last habit that I want to share with you today is this. We need to get into the habit of making a difference. How many want to make a difference? Most of us, in, if you really dig down in, most of us want to have an impact in other people's lives. Our lives should be focused on making a difference in the lives of others. If you find yourself only focused on your pleasure, your happiness, your achievements, then eventually, eventually you will be a party of one <laughs> because it's just all about me. There's nothing wrong with pleasure because God created pleasure. If you didn't know that, he created that for us. But seeking pleasure in and of itself is meaningless and it's lonely. Our pleasure should be found, and I want you to catch this because this is such a powerful truth. Our pleasure should be found in serving God and serving others. When we put our pleasure in, that is a fulfilling pleasure in our life. Paul writes these words to Titus, and these are words of encouragement in Titus chapter 2, verses 7 through 8. He says, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned. That word model is translated as an example or a pattern. Build a pattern in your life. Build a habit in your life that people will respect the things that you do because you're doing good things. It's a habit of good works. It's a habit of making a difference in the lives of others. This is where we find fulfillment. Life is so much better when we know we are making a difference. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, Paul writes these words, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. I don't know that we will ever experience true fulfillment in our life unless we connect our life to God's purposes. Developing good habits will help you achieve God's purpose in your life. Vice versa, versa, developing bad habits will draw you away from God. Amen? Let me conclude with these thoughts. It's interesting to compare different characters in the Bible, different stories in the Bible. If you read through the Bible, you'll discover that there are some people that had great habits, good habits, positive habits, and there are some people that had bad habits that led them astray. And I just want to give you a couple, couple ideas or a few ideas to understand how important habits are in your life. I think about Daniel, who we talked about earlier. Daniel developed a habit of praying daily. No matter if it meant that he was going to have to face persecution, he prayed. And he became a testimony to God's power and to God's faithfulness. And then I compare 
Daniel's habit to the guy in the New Testament named Judas Iscariot. And his habit was one of greed and selfishness. And what did that habit lead Judas to do? It ended up leading him to betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Just different habits. King David had a habit of repentance. If you read through the Psalms, you'll see his heart over and over again. David wasn't perfect, by the way, so take heart. <laughs> if you're not perfect, David wasn't perfect. But he had this wonderful habit of repentance. And Psalms 51 is one of the most beautiful Psalms in the Bible. After he had sinned with Bathsheba, David pours out his heart to God in repentance. And God forgave him. King David's predecessor, King Saul, was opposite. He had the habit of disobeying God, and he had the habit of being unrepentant. And his life ended by him falling on his own sword. Different habits in their lives. Joseph, we've talked about Joseph. Joseph developed a habit of integrity and obedience towards God. And if you remember when Potiphar's wife came and wanted to sleep with him, that temptation came to him. And, and what did Joseph do? He fled away. He fled out of the house. He ran as fast as he could because he had this habit of obeying God. Then I think about a mighty man of faith in the Bible, in the Old Testament, Samson. Samson really was opposite of that. He had this habit of disobedience and giving into temptation. And so when Delilah was there, he kept on disobeying and he kept on giving in temptation. And where did it lead Samson? Eventually it led to his destruction. Where his eyes were gouged out, where he became like an ox, where he was rolling around threshing out the wheat. They tied him up in chains in this building. And it's just because his habits weren't... Now, catch this. I want you to catch this. Samson, if you read in Hebrews 11, is listed as one of the mighty men of faith. It's an interesting thing. He had the faith, but what he didn't add to the faith was the other qualities in his life. So here is Samson with his great faith, but yet he's missing these things, these habits in his life that would have protected him from the evils of life. Sometimes I think that's what we do in our own life. We have the faith, but we haven't added to our faith these qualities that God wants to put on our lives to protect us and to help us to walk through this life so that we're not getting beat up all the time. Now, God is faithful even when we're not. Because Samson is a great story because at the end of his life when he's chained up there and there's a party going all around him and all the evil that was taking place and all these people that were that were calling him names and everything else, and, and he prayed to God, and God, out of his mercy, restored Samson's strength, and all of a sudden, Samson took down these two pillars in that building, and it says in Scripture that he took out more of his enemy in the very last act of his life than he had done throughout his entire life. God is faithful. God is faithful. But think what could have been if Samson would have built better habits, better qualities in his life. Our habits matter. Godly habits lead us closer to God. Ungodly habits will lead us away from God. If you want to write down anything, write down this. Remember, your habits will take you somewhere. 
your habits will take you somewhere. Sometimes all of a sudden at the end of life, you go like, why didn't I invest more? Why am I here? Why wouldn't I have sacrificed a little more when I was younger and invest more so I have more in retirement? Why wouldn't I have spent more time? I've never heard a parent say, why didn't I spend more time with my kids? You know, that's what they wish. They never say, oh, I spent way too much time with my kids. They never say that. Why didn't I spend more time? See, those habits that we need, why didn't I pray more? Why didn't I read God's word more? Those habits that we build in our life will direct us and lead us somewhere. So let's build godly habits. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, that your word is powerful. It's instructive. It helps us, Lord God, walk through this life to lead us and to guide us, Lord. And I pray over each person here today that, God, that you will help each and every one of us to build godly habits in our life, godly qualities that the enemy will just despise, but, Lord, that you will love. I pray, God, that you would help us in those areas of our life. And I, help, I pray, God, that for each and every one of us here today, that we just take an opportunity to evaluate our life, evaluate the habits that we've allowed maybe to come into our life that maybe might not even be bad habits, but maybe they're just habits that distract us from you. I pray, God, that we would evaluate those things in such a way that we will look at our habits, that they are leading us somewhere. Help us to build good habits in our life, Lord God. That will be life-changing. We thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, that your word will not return void. And God, we give you praise in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.